Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. We are back. Sorry about that. This was a very teachable moment, so thank thank you for all those who came back. I'm making a slight update on um on Facebook now, Rodney. So I guess you were you were talking last. Do you remember where you were? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, for those of you who were listening and those of you just joining, um, I was I was simply saying that you know when when it comes to moving your trash can, if your trash can stays in the same location, you're only going to see the same things on your way to the trash can or when you get to the trash can because you haven't moved it. And and so with that, you're going to always see the same thing. So if you take the trash can and use it as a symbol for anything in your life, you know, whether it be, you know, you could be driving. If you always take the same way to work uh, or the same way home, you know, if you always use the same roads, you're going to see the same houses, the same buildings, the same trees, the same signs. You're going to see the same thing. So in order for you to, and sometimes things are going to, things are going to change or they're going to move because that's just life. But here's the problem. When things move and we've moved them, we can deal with it a whole lot better. Things move and we have not touched them. So the best thing for you to do is getting into a habit of change. Get into a habit. I'm not saying that you have to change everything every day, but getting get into a habit of change. And, and I'll use this example, Tammy, um, before I turn it back over to you. If you are a gambler or if you like to go to the casino, if you have won money, meaning you're about to walk out of the door with more money than you came in, you got to see the signs and also know that you're not going to keep winning. So the people who leave, as we say, up money, you know, or, or you're leaving out with more than you came in, are the people who came in, they were able to win, and then when they saw the times turning or changing, they cashed out and they left. Because even if you're gambling and you're winning, I've heard stories of people being up thousands of dollars and losing it all. Because if you stay in the same spot, eventually it's going to change. Things are going to change. So you have to see things for what they are, and then when you notice change is coming because a change is going to come, like the song plays uh, every, every Tuesday night when we do this show, a change is going to come. If you can get out of there in time, you will walk away profitable. But if you stick around too long, that that same situation or that same box or that same location that you're in, it's going to change and is not going to benefit you. So get used to change 
be okay with change. Don't be afraid of it because that is what life is all about. We want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to leave this earth. Well, how are you going to go to heaven? Change has to happen. Back over to over to you, Tammy. Um, Rodney, why do you think we as a people, um, people in general, not just you know a certain group of people or anything, just because I think when it comes to change, that for the most part, the majority of people do not. They don't want. They want change, but. It takes a lot to to be accepting of change and vote and and to be inviting for the change of self. So why do you think that is one thing that most people just prefer not to have to do? I'm going to go a different route here, Tammy, and instead of stating the obvious. Uh, which would be, you know, fear and, you know, being complacent and comfortable. I'm going to say a lot of times uh, I think we are afraid to change because the people encouraging us to change or to do better or to do something different are people that are close to us. And I don't know what it is, but we give the people closest to us the most difficult time, even when they're telling us right. You take child. You know, it is believed that, you know, your children will listen to other people before they listen to you. Um, you know, you, 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 can, you, can, um, you can see uh, a relative, let's say a sibling or a cousin, in a bad situation, let's say, you know, they're with somebody who's cheating on them. Let's say they're with somebody who's abusing them, whether it be verbally, physically, you know, and because you love them, because they're your sibling or because they're your cousin or because they're your child or your friend, you know, you try to encourage them to leave. And there's something about, and now some of these issues may go deeper than that, but that's usually who they hear it from first. And there's just something about, nope, I don't want to do it, just because, you know, this person, and it could be a subconscious thing. I'm not sure. But it's something about somebody close to you encouraging you that causes you to go the other way. It's something about somebody who is in your immediate family pushing you to do better that 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 just causes you to say nope I'm not going to go to college or nope I'm not going to join the military I'm just going to go over and work this you know work this job and live at home the rest of my life and then you know when mom and dad die you know I'll get the house may not be until I'm 60 but there's something about people who are close to us trying to either get us out of a funk or get us out of a bad situation, or take the good situation that we're in and push us to do even better, that just causes us to uh, resist the advice or the suggestion. And so I think because of that, we just don't want to do it. I also think, too, um, um, 
that it's a great deal. Um, well, it's, it's something having to do with like the ego or just seeing yourself, not seeing yourself maybe more um, is more what I should say. Because I think when you, there are things that you just, that just, you just have to change and you're accepting to, um, or that just comes with living life. And, and maybe we're not so accepting to those things as, as either. Um, and one that mm-hmm. comes to mind just right off the bat is, 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 is my hair and it's, in its state right now, you know, uh, I'm almost fully gray. Like, I just have stopped dyeing my hair. Like, I, I don't know remember the last time. And I'll get, um, I get lots of comments on it um, from young and old, but there are days I, I think, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I'm letting my hair grow great like I'm, I'm letting it go and because <laughs> I think mostly because people associate gray hair with and it's so funny how I used to hear because I've had gray strings of hair since I was 20 probably a little bit younger than that I had a string or two here here or there um so but I used to hear people tell me that uh you better stop letting people stress you out or worry you that that they heard that somewhere, and that is their belief. Where I have I've heard that you know pe- there are some people that look at gray as wisdom, grown, you know that there's a, there's a sign of wisdom. So we have all these things that we are attached to, um, that we have an attachment to that we allow to define us. And there are some days where I am like in in a, in a funk about my hair still, like just because I'm for so long I'm used to seeing it a, a different color um, mm-hmm. that's not associated with growing old. And not that I don't want to grow old because I think that's a true blessing. But on those days, I am most likely to have someone say, your, your hair is so pretty. Like I had a, an older lady come up. She went to Jenny and said, don't you ever let her dye her hair. She said, you look like you have a crown on top of your head. Well, that was a day that I just was kind of feeling funky about my hair, but every time someone says something, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I can go a little bit longer with it. Maybe I can go a little bit longer mm-hmm. with it. But since such time, I'm coming to realize, and I'm, and I'm talking to myself about this, I'm like, you know what? It should not matter how, how the, the, the perception of gray. If I like it, if I don't yeah. want to dye my hair, and really I started to think about the the you know even relaxing that I think relaxers are are not good for you know just think those chemicals are getting in our skin getting in our head and so forth so it kind of started there and then on with the dying and all that but I think those are just kind of natural things you know that your hair is going to grow some people's hair grow gray um, some of us we get a little heavier here we get a little thinner there and so much is attached to things like. People will have no no problem telling me, girl, you're getting so small or you're so little or something like that. They'll say you're so little, but if I say you're so fat, there's something wrong with that because <laughs> there's, 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 I mean, but really people don't think about, you know, stuff like that because there, there are people that have been small people who are just generally small that just won't gain weight. That's their, That's just naturally them. Um, I've known some mm-hmm. people that really just try to go and get so to get bigger because what's associated with being small, but again with being bigger. 
So people have yeah. to think about that. It's not okay for you to for someone to say, "Oh, you're so little," then, or it's not if it's not cool to say you are so fat, then it shouldn't be cool to say you're so little, because yep. if you don't know how people look at it. But the flip side of that about the change, I think that people really don't want to. And you hit on this, Rodney. They don't want to admit that there's something inside of them or something that they need to change. It's almost a hit. They feel like it's a, it's a, um, it hits heavy on them. It's like people are so soft now that they cannot take just plain old advice, just simple advice. They get just in such a rage if someone says, well, you know what, um, I think you should do this, or why are you know why are you doing this, or something like that. Now, I'm not saying if there's some people that just need to get out of your business, but there's also some people that are there to show you. Like things happen to reveal to us or to validate that there is a need for something that we need to change, and we should always be willing to grow in order to do that. Even the word says that we so many times reference that be ye transformed. If being transformed is not the biggest form of change, I don't know what is. So even that within mm-hmm. itself, like we, we, and I'm going to say Christians because I, I'm just on a different level with that. It's not that I don't believe, but I just think Christians, Christian people are the biggest hypocrites in the absolute world. And they will send people Amen. to hell and, and got their name, they got their name written on, on, on the book. Like, they just know their name. I heard a conversation that I won't get into tonight, but I was part of, of, of a conversation that took place, and it was so amazing because they didn't even know they were talking about my life. And it's they, like they're, they're being so judgmental about a group of people. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking, because I I, I'm sitting there thinking, you faithless group of people. Glory, hallelujah, shout, and I see such little faith in, in you. But that's your thing. But that's what I see. But And then here you are pointing fingers at the at the sun, and you can't see anything but your fingers. You don't even see the sun because your fingers. You, so it's just crazy. But I, I just think they're the most judgmental, some, not all, people in the absolute world. And so it comes a time where you just got to first, let yourself be who you are. Let yourself do what you do because only only then will you be able to see what needs to change, where, where you need to grow, what you need to do. Only then will you be able to hear even God's voice direct you and lead you to change. But first you have to want to. You have to be accepting of it. And you have to help be helpful in recognizing it yourself. So many, so many people are stuck in their own mind and their own crap until they, they think everything and everybody should be like them or revolve around what they like and how they like it, when they like it, what color, what shape. You know, but are we brave enough to not do what everybody does and reject what everybody rejects? Are you that much... Do you know yourself that much, but at the same time, attached to nothing and nobody? Because just like today, I thought it was going to be a sunny day all day. It poured rain twice, well, three times for me if I count early morning. The rain came early morning and two times after that. Just poured this afternoon. So 
so we just don't have we we don't have control of anything, but you can get control of your mind in the way of number one going back to this changing being accepting because we're not perfect. I'm not perfect, Rodney. He's not perfect as y'all might think so, but he's not. <laughs> so you're not either. So I mean. We're not, and so we just got to get over the ego and the image of self. Get beyond yourself and start to see yourself in other people and allow other people to see themselves in you, your imperfect, perfect self, if that makes sense. Now, Rodney, before we lost um, whatever we did, I messed up the time. We didn't lose anything. I just messed up the time. Um I put a question on your mind, kind of a question statement. I want to hear your answer. So the question was for those of you who are tuning back in, because we had to we disconnected. We got disconnected because I I didn't have time enough time on there. But I reset the show up and we're back doing the same show. And so it was. Um, I asked Rodney and maybe a listener as well to finish this this uh, question statement. What is a good man but a bad man? And then what is a bad man but a good man blank there. So, Rodney, what's, what's your answer? Well, um, I think a good man, and, and maybe I have, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong word. Um, um I can't I can't think of, I can't think of the word, because I was going to say oxymoron, but it, I don't think it's an oxymoron. But when I think about a good man, uh, I don't think the word good needs to be um, included or used to describe a man because I think a man is good if you're talking about a man. And I think that when when we put the word good in front of man, it suggests that we're not sure whether the man is whether the the male is good or not, because I think men are good, and I think the second part to that answer, and I'll and I'll go back, I'll go back in a minute, Tammy, and I think the second pro, second part of that is a good man is a bad man's problem or worst nightmare, and mm-hmm. I think right, a bad right. man. Say that again. A good man. A good man. A good is, man. Say that again. So I think. I think a man is good, so I, I I don't think we need to put the word good in front of man. But when we're talking about when we're talking about a a good man, or you know, for the sake of conversation, or we're just talking about men, I think one, I think men are good. I think men, um, if I were to list the characteristics of a of a good man, I think you're talking about somebody who is um, who is honest who is respectful and well-respected. Um, I think you're talking about um, somebody who's loyal. I think you're talking about somebody who's hardworking. Um, I think you're, you're talking about somebody who is, um, who is logical, who is rational, um, who is of a sound mind. Um, I think he's a natural provider. Um, and so I think that, a good man is a bad man's problem, a problem or worst nightmare. Okay. 
All right. So, um, okay. So, what 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 about? It, does that answer? I think maybe you've answered the other one with the with your clarification of good and bad, and you're on with that part. But I'll explain later. So, what is a bad man but a good man? Um, do you have any answer to that, or you kind of answered it in your explanation of, of of saying good and bad and all that? I mean, I think if you you were to classify a bad man, I think I, I think you know you're talking about somebody who is lazy, um, who is disrespectful, who is trifling, um, who is not a supporter or provider. Um, uh, what, what was that song back in the day? Uh, I don't want no scrub. I think you're talking about a scrub. Um, and so I think a bad man is a good man's problem or worst nightmare too because if people have dealt with a bad man before then it makes it very hard for the good man so i think they're both each other's problem or worst nightmare but in two different ways okay okay so what i'll do and if if for some of our listeners and let me me put the chat back on here um if you guys want a shot at this like the number one before I, I guess, give you what how I got it, okay? So go ahead and select the number one if so, but and I'll, I'll give you a minute. Um, and Rodney, you're exactly right to the degree of the good and the bad because um, basically, okay, so I've been, been really digging deep and listening to some, some things that, that just really go deep, and it, it, it talks about even identifying good and bad, and if you even down to saying something is pretty, if we if we say something is pretty or someone is pretty, then we have some connection or some knowing or um, for ourselves knowledge of something now being ugly. So it kind of goes; those words go hand in hand. But I don't think we ever look at it that way. So if I if I'm if I have a an inkling of pretty then I have some definition or some mindset of what is ugly to me. And so this is actually about just kind of letting go, being free, and not um, having all these, these uh, having the need of all these definitions and what they do to the mindset. So with the good and bad, and let me check before I give this. And, and, and actually it wasn't about, a man either. It's, it's kind of just kind of a natural thing. I know I said man and I probably should have said that. But basically when I heard this, I just kept listening to it. So what, what this said is, what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? So what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? What is a bad man but a good man's job? Does that make sense? Hmm. So what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? What is a bad man but a good man's job? I love it. I love it. So, Rodney, you got to tell me now what you think about it. So what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? And what is a bad man but a good man's job? A bad man's teacher? Oh, man. You know, let me start with the other one because something came to mind when you said a good man's <laughs> job. A good man's job is to clean up. 
<laughs> the bad man's mess. <laughs> that was that was what what first came to mind. Uh, if you are a good man, it is your job to clean up the the bad man's mess. Um, but in terms of a bad man's teacher. I think that would be hard, and maybe because I'm reading into this too much, but I I think that it would be hard because I don't know if that bad man can be taught because I don't know if he is ready to listen or learn. Okay. Yeah. So that that part has me a little stumped. Yeah, you may be. Yeah, you may be going a little bit too deep, and I and I'll admit I had to keep going back, look, listening to this, and then thinking about it, and then more things were said around it. But so, the, what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? For me, this is how I see see that. So if I'm considered, um, or anybody, just considered to be like some of the characteristics that you named, um, then for someone who does not have those characteristics. I do, I, I do become a teacher for, for that man in a sense. If someone is, is wanting to learn and wanting to change and wanting to have eyes that see and ears that hear. So what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? So if there's someone who's, who's wanting, if you're wanting differently, Remember how Rodney is there saying that a saying that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with? Is that did I say that? I right? get what you're I get what you're saying now, Tammy. The second part is the answer to the is the is it is it the yeah. answer to the question? Well, it kind of just goes into it. Like, what is it? It, it kind of breaks down the yeah. good and the bad, in my opinion. So. It breaks down good and bad. Like, really, there's no good, there's no bad. And, like, what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? And that's, that's really what life is about, especially with, 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 with growing. Because I think we talked about, you know, how I people get it especially, now. <laughs> not all, but You get it. And what is a bad man but a good man's job? So that good man with those characteristics, without that judgment, could be or should be that. Um, the job of the good man to help what is considered what has been labeled as bad to see those those different um, characteristics of integrity, quality characteristics. So what is a good man but a bad man's teacher? So if we look at good men and we put, we and you think about what's labeled as good, I remember Brandon telling me, it's not the man in the suit that I pass by and tell me, you know, stay in school, keep up the good work, da 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 da. It's the drug dealer on the corner that say, young blood, don't come out here. That kind of thing. So it's 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 interesting how, and and this is good because it lets you see how we how we put so much on words, how we are attached to words, and how we see people through those attachments or those de- definitions. Oh, and and so much more. But think about the good the people who um, should be coming back, giving, teaching, walking through. You know, the man in the suit who's considered good. 
really sometimes what is good. Is it the is it the man who has the good qualities and characteristics that you named, but he he is directing school traffic? Do we consider that the good man? Do we even see him as a good man or a good woman? Or do we put more emphasis on the man in the suit in the BMW dropping his child off at school and that man is directing? So even down to what do we see as a good man? Do we have the same respect for the good man directing the school traffic, picking up our trash, the qualities that you bought up, integrity, takes care of his family, takes care of his children, guides them, gives them vision, tells them when they, 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 they need to get it together, or, or is the good man the man with the briefcase, $600 suit, $60,000 car, nine-to-five job, gets to travel, is that the good man? And if it is, is he willing to be the teacher or to be seen as a teacher by the bad man and to take upon being the job what is a bad man but a good man's job? Does he see himself in that sense? Is is the bad man his job? Meaning, am I am, am I here to guide him, to be a guide, to change his course, to help change his course if he wants to be if he wants that? Because sometimes even the ones who want it, the ones who've been, been deemed so good based on all the things that are different from what you named, are not willing to be, to have it as his job, to not take on that role. He's the one that possibly will pass the child up and say, young blood, you know, this, this young blood sees his suit, sees his briefcase, and he says, you know, you stay in school, you do right, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whereas the guy on the street this that that has made it, made you know, has gotten to where he gotten, maybe because, you know, there was no teacher. Nobody took it upon themselves, took that job upon themselves. No good man took it upon himself to call that his job. So but he's the one that said, says the children, don't come out here. These streets are not for you. Although he stays there, he directs them a different way. What is good? What is bad? Who is good? Who is bad? That's kind of how I, how I got that. Be quiet, Rodney. <laughs> Are you there, Tammy? That that yeah, I'm here. That that is awesome. <laughs> I I didn't think about that. It's funny because now I want to add it to my now I want to add it to my presentation when the next time I speak because please I don't do, think. Uh, I, I I think I have to, and I, and I, and I and I and I have to do it the way that you did it. Put it out there in the beginning, and then come back and talk about it later. And it it makes it makes so much sense. Um, and I don't think we do that enough, and we have a very hard time of becoming or being that good man and reaching out to those quote unquote bad men. 
And you made me think about, um, and and I've talked about this a couple times this week, but you made me think about, um, have you watched this documentary that they're doing on Jordan and the the Bulls in the 90s? Or that it started 80s and 90s, I should say. Have you looked at it that at all? Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Michael Jordan? Yeah, Michael Jordan. Nope, didn't know it existed. Nope. Yep, it started... um, Two Sundays ago, they've they've done four episodes. Um, there's six more. And um, this past Sunday, there was a lot of focus and emphasis on Dennis Rodman. And I was just blown away when I looked at it. Things that I didn't really know happened behind the scenes. Like, you know, I knew Dennis Rodman was really good. And, you know, I knew, you know, of, of course, but Jordan Pippen and Phil Jackson. But I had no idea that Dennis Rodman wanted to go to Chicago, but not to play with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen because, you know, they these are two really great basketball players. Because as good as Jordan and Pippen were, there were other really good basketball players in the league. But the reason why in all of his craziness, the reason why Dennis Rodman wanted to go to Chicago, wanted to play with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and play, you know, under Phil Jackson, he said he said Jordan and Pippen were the only people to accept him for who he was. Meaning with him being a cross dresser, him wearing, you know, makeup, him wearing all, him having all those piercings. It talked about how you know, the last season that they were together, the middle of the season, Dennis Rodman wanted to go to Las Vegas. He said, I need a vacation, and how the coach let him go. And he said it was be like he loved playing with those guys because they let him be who they wanted, what what he wanted to be. Because, you know, by then, because he didn't start dyeing his hair at first, you know, that was something that he picked up, he said, you know, when he started dating Madonna. And, you know, she talked to him about just being free and doing what you feel and saying what you feel and all of that stuff. And so he said he loved it. He said, you know, I could I could play with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And they, you know, he just said, hey, man, just help us win basketball games. Whatever you want to do, that's your business. But this is your job. All we're asking you to do it, do is do your job. That's all we ask. Just do your job. And I think that's our problem, though. We can't have that same mentality that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen had, in that you know they were looked at at they were looked at as the good ones, and Dennis Rodman was looked at the bad uh, looked at as the bad one. But it was Michael Jordan's responsibility. It was his job to take care of Dennis Rodman, to talk to him, you know, to be, to get on him about different things. That was his job. And I think so many of us, like we would have um, for, uh, for the Christians or the church going people, <laughs> you probably would pull more people in if you didn't judge them if they were allowed to be themselves, if they were allowed to be free, if they were allowed to explore. You got you got parents who 
have such a tight grip, and I'm not saying you don't structure and you don't have rules and consequences. That's totally not what I'm saying because that's, that's how I try to raise my child and want to raise her as she continues to grow. But if you have it so tight that people can't explore, you're going to lose them because eventually they're going to tap into something and say, I actually like this better. You know, so we, we, we take away people's rights, we take away people's freedoms, because we think we have all of the answers. We think that our way is the best way. And you can't teach, I don't care how good of a man you are, you can't teach a bad man anything if he sees you as a warden, if he sees you as the enemy. You can't teach him anything. But it is your job. It is your responsibility. It is my job as a teacher not to put that, quote, bad kid out of my class. That's not my job. My job is to educate them. And outside of English, math, science, and social studies, my job is to educate them about life, about the world, about anything I possibly can. That's, that's, that is my responsibility. But so often we are quick to kick people to the side. I'm so glad you went there, Tammy. I'm so glad you went there. <laughs> I know. I just, I th- I'm telling you, I, and I got to think of the name of the book. For those of you, this is, and I've been listening to this book online, and it is so many twists and turns. Um, it is just such an, one of the most interesting reads I have ever, ever, ever come across, and I've just been listening to it and listening to it. There's another thing that um, that said, it was something like because, and, and it uses he and she and, and tells you that it's no reason, kind of like the man and, and all what we just read about it being the man that it doesn't really get connected with, you know, he and she, this is just kind of a neutral thing. But it is, it's just such... It's just thought, at least you're thinking about how you live your life um, based on, again, definitions, attachments, and things like that. And that's, I think I said earlier, like, can you can you teach and lead people without imposing your will, your expectations, your beliefs? Because sometimes I think people try to do that and they get in God's way. And Rodney, I don't know if you sent, I was looking for something that I got today, but for some reason I cannot find it. And I thought it came from you, but it could have been just something that somebody sent and, and sent it to both of us. But it was about the, the ball, like the basketball. If you put, this is just a basketball in my hands, but if you put this, and it's only worth the money that I paid for it, but if you put this ball in the hands of Michael Jordan or somebody else, then this this ball now is worth billions possibly because it's just who has the ball. Like I can't basketball is not my thing, so it wouldn't wouldn't mean anything. Probably wouldn't even mean the fifteen dollars I spent on it for me. However, mm. there is something there is something that if you put in my hands, that it means the greatest of the great. And as long as we try to figure out what that is. If it's if it's me directing that your your children, but you bringing them to school because I only become important 
possibly to some when I'm not there. And the dad in the in, in the BMW with the briefcase with the nine to five that's considered good is late for that meeting, and and nobody is there to direct the traffic. So um, to some, that's when that guy is missed or noticed mm. or felt or needed in a sense or valued. Same with the trash. The trash guy, and and, and I don't know a better way to say that is only needed when your trash has not been picked up for weeks. He's valued. He's needed then. So the same thing with the ball. And I wish I, I'm going to have to try to find it. But um, when I looked at it, I thought, this is absolutely great. And what I thought about on, on a deeper level, when you put, you know, we have, we have, uh, we talked a little bit about Christian folks being the most judgmental people in, in the absolute world. Um, I thought about when you put, and I, when you put my sins in God's hands, they are forgiven. And the conviction he allows for me grows me, moves me to a different place with him. Your, your sin that, he, that you put in his hands is going to be different from mine. Your convictions will be different from mine. And depending on time, place, situations, all of that, and so I was thinking how people see and talk and judge and da-da-da, so much so till they don't see their own ways. They don't see the little things that they have just kind of, oh, but that's okay because it's me. And I understand why I'm doing this, why I did this. It's okay. And so, but that's, that's the mindset. But I don't know if you saw that today, but I know you were in on it, so... Well, your name was the first name that I saw, so I thought you had sent it. Did you get to see that, or did you see any of that today? Did you have anything to do with that? I didn't. I didn't see that, Tammy. Um, but I'll. But I'll definitely go back and look at it. Um, because it's a. It, 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 I, I think it. I think it's on point. I think it makes sense. And you know, a lot of times we don't think about it. And I think that's good for me to hear, um, because you know, like I was telling with the book. I've wasted a lot of time and money um uh, simply trying to get people that, you know, I I know um you know to support the things that I do. And I was even uh Tamari and I were even talking tonight about that, you know, how um you know, we, we, we see every week that, you know, there's a Instagram battle or somebody's doing a live show or something. And I said, Yeah, if it's if it's, you know, a celebrity, then people support them like like it's it's so easy. It's like automatic. You know, but I'm glad that you added the second part in there in that there's something that makes everybody important. And I started thinking about when you when you got to that part, I started thinking about um school and how oftentimes we tend to know the kids' names who are always in trouble. And you know, when you but when you talk but that's only a small percentage of the school most of the time. But then when you talk about other kids, you're like, Who? Huh? Who is that? You know, 
until something happens and you're like, wait, where's where's so-and-so? And then all of a sudden we realize that this person is just as important because we may not have noticed, you know, um, this this popular thing, or we may not have known their we may not have noticed their presence, but we've noticed their absence. And um, I got to go back and I got to go back and look and, and look for that because I because I think that's extremely important. Tammy, you well, are Ronnie, you are it tonight. down to Moses. I mean, oh, it even talked about um, it was so, and I cannot find it. It's that's actually kind of weird. Like I'm still looking for it. So I'm gonna need you to see if you <laughs> saw it. But it it actually came through, and your name was up there. So I thought that you had sent it. But again, but it even got this guy even said. Um, like he picked, he had like a stick, which he was saying, like this is, it's just a stick, it's just a rod in my hand. But you put this in the hands of Moses. What did he do, and why did he do? It? I mean, it was mm-hmm. so on point. It was just so on point. I gotta so go I'm back and look. I gotta go back it. and look for that. Was it in a message or something? It came through in a message. Yep, it came through in a message. And I actually took the time to usually, and it probably because I saw your name. This is kind of crazy because, you know, I heard you on the radio, but you say you've never been on there. (laughs) 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 I I got got a question for you because I I, I remember, so I I, I will tell you this. I don't keep Messenger. Um, the messenger app, I don't keep it, you know, on my phone because of all this spam and all that stuff. So only, um, only time I actually download the messenger app to my phone and I immediately, um, you know, um, get rid of it once uninstall it once I, you know, see what I need to see, but there's so much spam all the time. I don't even keep the messenger app. So if somebody has to tell me, Hey, I sent you a message or, you know, or I need it for something like I did today. Um, but I kept seeing something come through that I was in a group message. And so I'm thinking that that may be what you were talking about. Okay. Okay. Maybe. And I don't, like I said, I don't know who that would have come from, but it was so on point and it's very, it was very short, nothing, nothing long, but the message in it, you know, so depending on what it is, you know, um, and and who it is, if we want to just keep on to what we've been talking about so far, what it is and who it is, you know, even though it's that, that's kind of wrong when you think about the good and bad, but just kind of give some thought to that as as, as, as you go through life or your your, do, your daily walk. Um, just give some thought to, to the good and the bad, to the people that we kind of overlook but they carry those qualities and characteristics that, that Rodney mentioned when we were answering that question, the good and the bad. So for those of you who are listening, if you got anything you want to share, comment, comment on about that thus far, just select the number one and we'll pull you in. So um, now, Rodney, so you had a qu- did you have a question, Sammy? Uh, yes, I have, I have a question for you, Sammy. Um, okay. okay. How do you think, um, how do you think, and you can make this general or specific or, you know, however, but how do you think 
lives would be different, if at all, if we did not worry about what people would think. For example, let's go back to something like church. And let's say it is somebody who, uh, and, and I'll talk about myself because I, I had this experience. Let's talk about somebody who, you know, grew up in the church and, you know, things went a certain way and, you know, you got to do certain things. You, you got to do things a certain way and all of that. And then you get to a point where you no longer agree with the things that you learned and you want to change, but you know that there will be some backlash or confrontation from, I don't know, maybe maybe a, maybe your parents, you know, or, or or just people in general. But how do you think life would change if people were not worried about what other people think? I know we say it all the time, but we don't necessarily do it. So if we really did that. What do you think we would see? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think people would be much more happier. I think that there would be less um, diagnosis of, of bipolar, of um, schizophrenia, all of that. Um, I'm trying to think. I heard I heard something, and it kind of goes, it was something like if you try trying to impress someone, um, makes you their prisoner, and I think will make you their pri- prisoner. And I think that's where a lot of people are, that we, we put so much value in what people think of us or, or think of what we do until we lose the self-direction, if that's a, if that's a word, the direction that we need or that we've been granted for our lives. Um and then I think it just makes us get out of touch with ourselves, with God, with the, with, with purpose. And I'll say with, with purpose, not with our purpose, because even with the way that I'm looking at that now is totally different. That Because sometimes you can search, search, search so much for something so that, that it becomes your purpose. It's like we are, we are needing something or someone to hold on to, to identify with. There's such a loss of identity because we think about what people say. And because of that, people are simply miserable. Like they cannot rest, mm-hmm. their minds cannot rest because they are not who they are. It's like nature. Like you don't see a bird trying to be a fish. They wouldn't survive. There are trees, there are all different kinds of trees. And when, when when you get to a place, I'll say for me, um, get into a place where I can look at a group of trees and see, wow, that there is trees with 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 this kind of these kind of leaves, trees that's this this tall, this wide, there's short ones somewhere in the mix of that, and they just be, they just be, and they just do. We are. We are the, the the most of the most creation. We have the ability to think beyond what a animal can, or a tree, or flower. But 
you plant a rose seed and you get a rose. We've been planted. Like, if we truly believe, going back to the good Christian Christian folks, those who do judge, those who, those who don't get the speck out of their own eye first, don't realize that there's one there. They're, they're clean. We get so caught up in pleasing people that have not quite learned to be pleasing to themselves. So that we're all running, running the same rat race, we're all missing the same big God, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think that that it has it has killed us spiritually, because I cannot. One thing we have to do is stop comparing and stop wishing and desiring. I'm telling I'm telling you my whole thought process about things. Like desire what? What do I what do I need to desire at this point in my life? Or at any point in my life. If I trust the intelligence, the same intelligence that when I plant that rose seed, there is no doubt in my mind that that's not what I'm going to get. And so I started to look at my life in the simplest and the smallest ways. And one I think I've mentioned on the show I can I can get up in the middle of the night in absolute darkness with intentions, well, to go to the restroom. But my house shoes, I never miss them. Meaning I can I can sit up, I can put my feet on the floor right into my shoes. Because in my mind there's no doubt in my mind what I have what I'm getting ready to do and need to do. The same coming home in the middle of darkness. I remember just from, just seeing this so clearly one been a long time ago. Like, you don't miss the, the, the knob there. It just seems to go right in because your intentions are so pure and so without fear that you, it's just like you almost, you, don't, you just don't need a light. Now, that may not work for, any, any, for everybody, but it came to a point in my life that I and that that to me is just God dealing we have such a big God but he deals with us so individually. Like the thing like I truly believe he has stopped time for me before. Like it cannot be this time. So but at the same time so so let me go back to this. So why why do I need to impress anybody? Why? Because if, if, if just like that ball in my hand means nothing, me and that ball in God's hand means everything. And my ball doesn't have to be the basketball. It's whatever it is for me. And so I think stop comparing, stop trying to please, and just be you. Do you. And God, God will see you through. He will see you through. If your heart is truly after God and you are seeking, he will see you through whatever it is. Your greatness, your weakness, your vulnerabilities, your sadness, your your feelings of purposefulness, like you have none, like no meaning to your life, that you're in this rat race, you just come, you just go, you just do the same things, you're on autopilot and have been for years, you cannot keep denying these things 
and think at the same time that your your life is going to change. You cannot. You know, I know Ronnie, you and I were, were talking about um the the and I'm gonna turn it back over to you, the the, the sister thing. And I thought about people that um, I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about this. And there are some people that I've talked to that it just really, really broke my heart because these are people who have, I know, hard workers. They have worked all of their lives. Sometimes two, three, four, plus five jobs, whatever. Same thing for me. Like, I've had so many jobs and did so much things still on the outside. You'd think so much so till I should be, you know, top of the line. I should, should have some, a couple of zeros, okay? I mean, but people have worked all their lives and have nothing in the bank as a savings, nothing to pull on to do something with, nothing. And then there are some people that, seem to do nothing, but everything they touch or try to do or want to do seems like it just manifests. And I go back to so a man thinketh, so he is. And I, and people have a poverty, minus the susu, get about that crap. People have a poverty mindset, even about yourself, yet you claim to know a great God who created you, who created you now, but you think so little of yourself, so little, that you need the pill to wake up in the morning, and then you need one to stay in the day, then you need one to put you back to sleep and to start all over again. That is, to me, what, that is to me the answer to your question. What will it do to people? People lose themselves. They no longer identify with whom they are and whom they were created to be. They no longer can identify. There's no meaning. There's no identity. There is nothing because everything is for someone else and for making people feel good while I remain miserable. And that is a bad place to be. And I can tell you, Ryan, a great question because that was so once my life. So wants my life, and you cannot, mm-hmm. you cannot please a people who have not pleased themselves. Back over to you, Adam. Tammy, <laughs> that that was a um, that was a great response, and, and, and I'll throw this out here too, in case you want to, um, in case you want to um, answer it. Do you know people um, other than yourself? <laughs> But do you know people who live um, life with that much freedom, meaning they don't care what people say or think? They, unless it aligns with, you know, their views or they they might be being open-minded, you know, uh, but do you know people who live in that way in which they are not concerned with people's opinions to the point that it keeps them from doing what they want to do. And and if so, 
how would you describe that person's life if it's different than the way that you explained it? That that they live in that moment where they don't care what that they that that they that they live. For example, you know, somebody who um, who lives their life, you know, and they're not trying to impress people. Do you notice certain things about their life? Um, it's kind of a tricky. It's tricky because yeah, I do know people who just do whatever. But at the same time, mm-hmm. some of those same people are still in a place of denial, if that makes sense. So you can do it and lack the freedom from yourself in doing it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, I can, I can, I can, you know, I know people that seem to say whatever, do whatever, but their spirit is in turmoil. So not, mm-hmm. not. Not only does your mind have to be free and your mouth and all of that, because there is there's a time and place for everything. Like I can I can be free in, in speaking my mind, but I think it gets to a point where you no longer have the need to speak upon it. If that makes sense, like like I do, and I just do. I speak and I just speak. Um, and let it fall where it, where it may. And even that, you know, you do it with freedom, but you do it with integrity as well. So I do know people who who are, are like that, but they're wild out. They're like a a baby who's how can I say this? They're just, they're just wild out with it. There's no structure around it. There's no identity. Maybe that's the better word. There's no identity of self. So you can be yeah. it from a place of unknowing of who you are. But when you are grounded in who you are and, and you've accepting acceptance of who you are, whatever comes with that, when you're there and you're in that place and you still love yourself, through your good, your bad, you own up to who you are. And then and you can you can still have that character with people. You can love people because I mean, and and that's a missing part too. I don't I don't want to change change the question, but you know you can you can love people again without imposing or needing your will to be upon them to 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 come from them because you you can love people without leading them, but I don't think you can lead people without loving them. So and you can't love people until you love yourself. So you can have all that and not have the the self-love, the self-control, the self-identity, all the stuff. You can have all that loud mouth because some people think you can say everything, do everything, and at night your soul still cries. You still look in the mirror and you still don't know who you see or what you see. And that becomes just a guard for you to make it through the day. That's all it is. But when it becomes who you are, but at the same time it doesn't identify you, there's no identity attached to it, so much so then, then people can, they see themselves in you because you're kind of, um, trans, what's that word? You, you're just kind of, you translucent, is that the word? They, they, you're so, 
what's the word? Teacher, help me. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there trying to think of it. I don't know if it's translucent. Um, it might transparent, be. <laughs> transparent. You're so transparent, maybe. Transparent um, in in the way of who you are. Like you you you're not just trying to make it through the day. Yeah. It's not a facade. So, if if that helps, if that answers the question. No, it does. It does. It does. And I was thinking about the I was thinking about the the ideal people, um, you know. And, and one of the things that I've noticed with, you know, the people who, um, you know, who don't care what people think in terms of, you know, they're, they're not influenced in a bad way, um, or you know, they don't, or, or where to the point where it keeps them from growing or moving forward, when I think about those people, their their circles are very small because they usually, because people are upset because they cannot control them. When mm-hmm. I think about mm-hmm. those people, that's one of the things that sticks out to me. People don't usually like to be bothered um, with them because you know, they know that they cannot control that person. However, whenever they need advice, they tend to go to those people. So while they, they may not be, you know, your your favorite, we still tend to go to those people because we respect them. And I think that's so important, Tammy, in that, you know, Everybody's not going to like you, but people should respect you. And, and maybe they maybe they won't because people get, you know, liking somebody and respecting somebody confused all the time. But you should be a respect, uh, respectable person. You should be somebody who people can say, you know what, I didn't like when they did this, did that, said this, said that, but you know what, I respect them. You know, because if you think about even Jesus, you know, he was, he was, uh, you know, called all types of things because people didn't believe the things that he was saying. And so I think that we have to carry on in that way in our own lives and that, you know what, even if people don't, believe you know what what I'm trying to accomplish even if our visions are not the same even if they want to go left and I want to go right they should also know that I'm not a weak-minded person I'm an open-minded person but I'm not a weak-minded person and I'm not going to do something just because you said it worked in your life you know, people people give people advice all the time, and it's not even what they what they what they do in their own lives. You know, they do not practice what they preach. And I agree with everything you said, Tim. I think life would look completely different if people did not get caught up in the opinions of other people. Our lives would look so much different. We probably wouldn't even recognize people. Because they would look totally different. 
they'd have this glow about them. They they'd have this freedom in their speech, in their in the way that they talk, in the way that they walk. I mean, it's amazing. But if you talk to people, well, I do what I want to do. No, you don't. You don't do what you want to do. Because if you did what you wanted to do, you'd be doing something different. There's a reason why we're not all the same. We were not created the same. We don't ha- we don't all have the same appetite. What we do is we we make sacrifices and we compromise for the things that we want, for where we're trying to get to. That's who we are. We are survivors. We make decisions based on what is going to help me survive another day. What is going to get me to tomorrow? That's what we do. And so when somebody introduces a concept that goes against what I think is normal, oh, no, no, I can't do that. No, that's wrong. No, that's bad. Well, how do you know? Well, so-and-so said so. Hey, Rodney, can I throw something in there? Because can I throw something in there with you on that point right there just to break it down a little little bit more? Because that may be too big. But just think about, and I'm I'm talking to, to, well, men as well, but a good man, say a good, what, what we consider to be a good man, Think about how often good men are passed up. And we talk about this spot where there may be a good man that he's very attentive, whatever, 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 and a woman because she's not yep. seen that, had that. This is not, this, her spirit, whatever, her mind, I'll say her mind, not her spirit, rejects it. The, the visits to the trash can are on autopilot. The direction you go every day to work to take your kids mm-hmm. to autopilot. So the bad man in your life, or the I'll, I'll say the man who's not been able to show you another way, and that's all you've seen, maybe from dad to uncles, all all that way, and then you get to this man who is everything but that, yet. Your mind cannot receive that because it does not know that. That's why we ask you to move the trash can. That's Mm -hmm. why we ask you to welcome change, to be conscious about change, to take every thought captive. Because right now I can sit here and say that this, this is easy. No. Every day I have to come back to that place. Oh, I don't do that anymore. Oh, I don't worry about what what people think and say and want me to do. I don't worry about that anymore. I have to remind myself, oh, that's not my, there's a person that works for me. She said, that's not my circle. (laughs) I'm not getting in that. And it's it's funny. She said, that's not my circle. (laughs) And and I have this thing with me that I'm going to stay at the center of my circle. So when she says that, and she doesn't know that, but when she says that, it, it, it's funny to me because I'm like, I'm at the center of my circle, so that's not my circle. I have to remind myself, that's, that's not my, that, that's, I'm sorry. I'm detaching <laughs> my, 
myself <laughs> from everything and everybody, but I'm still but I still have the love and the compassion, but I cannot be controlled anymore by it. So not my circles. I just wanted to throw that in about because it helps people relate more when they I think because many women, all of us, me included, there has been that, that, that good man that just does not register because it's not normal. That's not what we mm-hmm. that's not the man that we've seen that does not register. So learning and taking the time to deal with you and your thoughts and that voice in your head will not leave room for you to worry about what someone's thinking or doing what someone else is doing. It will not. So I want to throw that in back over to you. Oh no, I'm glad, I'm glad you I'm glad you did throw that in, Tammy. I think that I think that's a great point, and a great example. And you know what? I'm I'm going to end with this. And um, I I remember back in 2006 when I decided to abandon the things that I knew and um the things that I had, you know, practiced and believed in for so long. And it was very hard for me um, because I grew up in, I grew up in church. And I mean, I was, you talk about a kid, you know, a teenager, you know, even into my early twenties, somebody who was just like sold out to church. Oh, that was me. I mean, choir rehearsal, I had to be there. Uh, Deacon board meeting, I had to be there. I mean, and we're talking, you know, multiple choirs. We're talking about, you know, the the deacon meeting, the young men that they were training to be deacons. I mean, every time there was something going on at church, I had to be there. And even in my life outside of church, when it didn't even make sense, it didn't matter to me. It was like, nope, this is what they said in church. And people would look at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, no, nah, I ain't crazy. Like, y'all are crazy. But I remember, like, just being, like, that sold out. And one day, I don't know, it was like something just happened. Something just changed. And I no longer saw things exactly how I, you know, saw them in, in the past. And and I knew that there was a change that had happened on the inside of me. I just, you know, it, you know, it was all new to me. And I had read something in the Bible, and it just, like, kind of changed everything the more I, like, dug into it. And... It was so scary for a while because once I had gotten to that point, I knew I couldn't go back to the way that I was or the way that things used to be, but I was also afraid of what was ahead. And a huge part of that was how I would be accepted or how I would be received and how people would look at me like when I'm talking about different things. And I got so much criticism 
especially once I left the church that I was currently in. And, I, you know, I explained to the pastor, and I just called him one one Sunday morning and just said, you know, um, no, it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday um, afternoon. I'm sorry. And I just said to him, I won't be coming back anymore. And he asked me, you know, why? And I, I just said, I said, things in my life have changed and I just, I just can't do it anymore. And, um, the conversation went on for a few more minutes and then, and then we hung up and I remembered like this empty feeling, this lonely feeling for, for quite some time. And then it, you know, it got scary and I was like, man, like, you know, what if I'm turning into the people that they always talked about at church and, you know, what if I am going to like start experiencing all these bad things and, you know, what if I'm going to die and go to hell? I mean, it was, it was just, you know, one thought after another. Um, but even when, even though I wanted to at times, like, like, nah, this is crazy. I, like I would rather go back and I was like, no, but I can't do that. And I went through that, that, that phase for a while. And then eventually I was able to pull myself out of it. And it didn't matter to me what people said or what people thought. And I, and I always told them, listen, my relationship is with God. It's not with the church. And people came at me with all types of things. Yeah, but you need to go to church. You need to pay tithes. You need to do this. You need to. And I was like, no, I don't. And it was as hard as it was for me, it was even harder for them to accept who I was. And because I stood my ground, eventually, eventually, they at least respected it. They didn't didn't like it, and who knows, they probably still don't. But I was at a different place when it came to God, when it came to religion, when it came to church. I was in a completely different place, and eventually I accepted that. Now, the crazy thing was, in this new place that I was in, mentally and spiritually, I never tried to force my way on anybody or the the things that I was thinking or experiencing. Never tried to force those things on anybody. If we were having a conversation, I usually didn't start it, but if we were having a conversation, I would share certain things. And, you know, people slowly started to understand, but a lot of, a lot of them didn't. And I just remembered like that being a very crucial um, time for me. And, and even after that, like I eventually, you know, would go to church, but it was, it was never like, I felt like, Ooh, I got to go to church today or, something bad is going to happen. There were times in my, you know, and, and even to this day, there were times when it was like something was in me was like, okay, I'm going to church today or I'm going to church, you know, this Sunday or, you know, whatever. And I would go and I was so detached from all the, the hoopla and the extra, I was able to go in 
and get what was there for me and be able to leave in peace. And I got to a point where I was comfortable with that, where I was okay with where I was and who I was. So there was nothing that people could say to throw me off of that. And I think that may not be anybody else's um, story. However, I think that we all have something that we are in or a part of or something that, that, that we're attached to that maybe it is meant for us to at least evaluate or examine it just to see whether or not it is time for us to elevate or move on or to make a change. Back over to you, Tammy. Well, um, gosh, I don't know what to say. It's just, I don't know, this has just been great, great, great. I almost wish we didn't have to get off, but we went almost to 10 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. So um, I just wanted to leave this. I, this is a quote, and it's from um, Teo, Teo Te Ching, and that, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you, share the book with you guys, and again, I'm just listening to it online, but um, this is a quote, and I just want to tell people, thank you all again for, for choosing us tonight and, and helping us get through the, the uh, mix-up that I did. Even that in itself, like, it didn't freak me out, I didn't... I didn't sweat it. I'm like, this is just, I'm just letting life unfold and looking for my teachable moments. What things help, what what things do I need to pull out or can I pull out to help me grow, to help me see myself more, to understand myself more, to love myself more, to accept myself more, to to make sure that I am true to me to this day. And it kind of goes back. I remember um, sharing this with you guys when I spoke at um, what kind of the name of the church. But I talked about um, if I slap you with my hand, a slap is a slap. Wrong. I shouldn't do it. But if I slap you with my hand, okay, cool. We still might have to fight, whatever. But if if that if I slap you, if, I, if we're arguing and I just haul off and slap you with my that's a different kind of slap. First, you weren't expecting, you might have been thinking, oh, she may be going to hit me or whatever. But you weren't expecting the foot to come across and slap you like a hand. Because we just don't slap people. Normal people just don't slap. Now, your, your karate people, all that, you might get what you get. But if you know that, that I studied karate, I'm a black belt, you may be expecting any or that's possible. But if we're just two people who, you don't know all that, and I and I just give you a good spot with my feet. That's that's different because we don't look at the feet being designed or capable of slapping you just like a hand would do, because they're the body of Christ. Like He made it, and there's different things that we can do. We have a mind, we have hands, we we, we do whatever. But you guys, there are people who don't have hands. I've seen people don't have hands. They you use their feet to write. They find another way, find another way. And I think sometimes life is just pushing you, helping you, 
find another way, yes, but find your way. And you won't find that looking and comparing yourself to others and trying to um, trying to to please and please others and 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 um, what's the word? Just getting them to like you, I guess. Making sure that they they like you because, like I said, then you become someone's prisoner. The very impress the very people you try to continually impress. You think they don't know and they're not quietly, maybe subconsciously making you their prisoner? Imagine that. Down to a relationship, a man, a woman. You gotta be who you are. That's why so many fail because we start out. You know, oh, you want chicken? Yeah, you chicken out. Oh, you want hamburger? Yeah, I want hamburger. I do that. But let a little time pass. No, I don't want that. Uh-uh. You go get that. I go get this. Because you you cannot not be who you are. You are going to have to come out at some point in time, and and you get so caught up in trying to please people, and you lose a little bit of yourself. But then yourself is still fighting to be. And so it slips out every now and then. So I'm going to end with this. There's a couple of quotes that I wanted to share, but we'll we'll get to those next week. And now this will be my final words. And again, thank you guys. But there's a quote. It says, "Knowing others is intelligence." Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Mastering others is strength. Mastering yourself is true power. If you realize that you have enough, you are truly rich. And I'll add, if you realize that you are enough, you are greater than rich. And so it starts with you. It starts with you. Nothing outside of you, nobody outside of you can touch you, can make you feel some kind of way unless you allow it to. And if it does, then you've got to say, what is it in me that connected with that? What is it in me that does not see this good guy or this good girl for who they are? Why, why am I remaining in autopilot? So that's why I say we have no time to try to judge people or speak on their life. And don't allow people to do it. So those are my final words. Back over to you, Rodney. It's been a great, great show. We pulled this one off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so, agree. Especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> I told you there there is a reason why you come back every Tuesday. Any announcements, Tammy? Oh. <gasps> my granny baby took to go be walking to I know, I know, I know. Um, nothing business wise, still working on a lot behind the scenes. Um, mainly just kinda of getting ready to push out some online um uh coaching and classes and things like that that are geared toward the uh, life languages. Um, I've just been really, really enjoyed unpacking the the profiles of people last week, and then I'll be doing it again next week, and we're getting into that little deeper stage. Um, so, other than that, I've just been really focused because it takes a lot to sit and do. Because even though two people might be the same, 
there's so many things about them that's different. And so I just love seeing people come off of that paper and come to life. And I love seeing them see that happen and see that understanding um, that develops, like, like it talked about, to understand yourself, to know yourself. I mean, that is the greatest riches of all. So I'm still working closely doing that and uh, preparing to launch some online classes and some more coaching. So that's it. Okay, okay. Good deal. And next week, um, Tammy, now remember why I called you this morning, at least one of the reasons. Next week we will be hosting a virtual career day, uh, well, career week. Um, I know we're used to, um, um, you know, schools having career days, but we're going to do a virtual career week next week. And Tammy um, will be one of our speakers. Uh, we have an awesome lineup for you guys. It'll be Monday through Thursday. Um, there's more information if you want to reach out uh, to me, jordanlanderch at gmail.com. Uh, we will be doing it next week, Monday through Thursday, in honor of Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, so we hope that you guys can uh, definitely uh, tune in um, to that. Uh, if you want to check out the books that I've published so far, I Miss School, um, there are two different versions that are out. Uh, just go to Amazon Kindle, and uh, both of them are there. Um, until next week, we hope that you guys stay blessed, hey, stay healthy. Hey, hey Ronnie. Uh-huh. Ronnie, you made me think of something. I know I always say this. If you guys know of any seniors, that were that were supposed to graduate, you know, do all that this year, but because of the virus cannot, please get in touch with me if you think that they may be interested in having their um, picture on the TV, on the Bridging the Gap TV show. And, and i got to do better. I keep saying that. You guys, I missed the show again Monday, and this is so just interesting to me that I don't even think about being on TV. Like, I don't even think about it. <laughs> and I, I totally missed it again. So, um, but if if you guys know of anyone that may be interested, now they'll have to send us a picture of them in their cap and gown and, you know, whatever little thing they want with it, but I'll get all the details, but they're going to be um, on the TV show, like running the, the pictures of the kids. So they'll get to be on TV and seen all over the world. Um, I don't know how many slots are, are going to be available, so the quicker you can get in touch with me or if you know someone that might want to get their kids on there, you know, with their kids' permission, I think at this age they should want to be on there. Um, please, please, please let me know, 901-830-6088, or you can hit me up on Facebook or Rodney as well. If you can connect, connect to Rodney, he'll get you to me however you want to do it. But if you know somebody, let us know. I totally forgot about that, Sammy. I'm glad. I'm glad that you remembered and uh, and put it out there. And I can't think of anyone right off the top of my head. But if I come across some people, I will definitely uh, send them your way. Okay, and they can be from anywhere. It doesn't have to be in Tennessee. Any any state. They just have to get the information in. It doesn't have to be you know locally anywhere. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, stay until next Tuesday. Say, stay blessed, stay healthy, and stay safe. Good night, everybody.
But I know 